Welcome to the Inside Electronics Podcast, an Endeavor Business Media production. This podcast brings you the latest in technology, trends, and issues for the embedded electronics engineering community with your host, Alex Paul. I'm Alex Paul, and uh, today on Inside Electronics, we're going to talk about the expanding role of artificial intelligence and machine learning in embedded systems. As we all know, artificial intelligence and machine learning have been taking on the industry by storm and uh, has been basically promising pretty much everything to everybody. The reality is a little bit different in that it is a powerful tool and shows a tremendous amount of promise, but we still have a ways to go. There are several uh, articles in uh, electronic design recently that cover the issue, and um, let's talk about some of them. For example, uh, we've got a piece called uh, Edge AI, Rewards Are Matched by Challenges, and it was written by Alan Earls. And basically, it talks about how AI and uh, edge computing, how they can work together very well, which makes a lot of sense because the whole aspect of edge computing is empowering the devices in the cloud to be as self-sufficient as possible to reduce bandwidth demands and connection to the servers and to basically make the edge nodes, edge devices, edge smart products as functional as possible on their own. And artificial intelligence and machine learning are very good ways to empower edge devices. Now, in the article, Alan goes over uh, what edge is, of course, and talks a little bit about edge AI and that you really need to have a plan because, as I was saying, you know, although artificial intelligence has been promised as a be-all and end-all for quite a few application spaces, it's not just something you can magically apply. It's not a magic wand. It's not a silver bullet. It's just a tool. And so if you are going to be deploying artificial intelligence into an edge computing system, you have to think about what your goals are. You have to have an idea of the kind of data that you need to support the goal that you're of the processing, what kind of hardware is going to be there, uh, what kind of cloud resources you need. And if you go into it just assuming that AI is going to be a magic wand, a silver bullet, you're going to wind up getting disappointed. Another aspect that uh, is brought up in the article is power aspect of it. Because if your power is not optimum, your device is not going to operate in an optimum way either. And obviously that follows over into the other hardware aspects of your uh, computing hardware, your CPUs or your GPUs. And frankly, for AI, you're probably going to need an ASIC, something more directly tailored to process AI uh, software. The fact is that the edge systems, the issues involved from power, from hardware, from, uh, well, also depending upon the circumstances, you might have to worry about environmental protection because a lot of edge devices are exposed to the elements. So there are all a lot of issues to discuss and decide when you are deploying an edge device before you even get to the software and the AI enhancements to it. So all in all, this piece is a good way to get started in thinking about how AI can be deployed in the edge. We also have an interesting piece called uh, 11 Myths About Generative AI that was written by Loro Rizzati. And um, basically, it's talking about how generative AI accelerators aren't really capable of handling uh, training and inferencing equally, and that artificial intelligence uh, generative AI systems 
consume a lot of energy, which links back to that other piece about uh, deployment in the edge. Power is always going to be a consideration. And then, of course, you do need to know what you're doing to deploy AI in the system. Again, it's not just some magic uh, tool that you can turn on and have it do everything itself. So, for example, this article also touches on whether GPUs, CPUs, and the like are able to run these AI algorithms and run this software because you do need a powerful processor in order to handle that workload. Gen AI accelerators can handle both training and inferencing. It is possible to train and infer a model with the same processor, but the reality is that training and inferencing are two different tasks with unique attributes. So you have to really pay attention to what tasks are done by what systems and how you are going to achieve those results in your final product. And of course, custom AI accelerators can trade off programmability for performance. And you have to be able to program the device. You have, it has to be able to be upgraded in the field in the future. There are a lot of issues involved in making an AI system function in the field and that all considerations the engineer must take into account. But all in all, it is possible, obviously, to do this. It's more the case of planning, proper planning to prevent poor performance. Now, in another piece, we actually talk about deployment of artificial intelligence into real systems because Liquid Instruments, they manufacture uh, software-defined test devices and test systems. They are adding, actually have already, they have added ChatGPT into its Moku family of software-defined test and measurement platforms. Now, in the case of the uh, Liquid Instruments, we've got a piece that uh, I put together where we go over what they're putting into their systems because it's not that they're using the ChatGPT to run the software. It's that they're using it to help the engineer write the code in order to accomplish that. So in this application, Liquid Instruments is using the ChatGPT functionality in their systems to help the engineer write better code so that way any engineer that has um, at least a basic level of experience in the test application at hand can leverage the chat GPT functionality to create complex VHDL code which is then used by the Moku cloud compile system for their device family. So you could do things like uh, creating advanced triggering logic and real-time signal processing to address time-gated measurements of infrequent events or other aspects of that nature. So on the one hand, people are thinking of deploying uh, artificial intelligence systems to run the actual product. And in the case here for the liquid instruments, they're using the uh, chat GPT, the artificial intelligence, to help create the code that will run the product, but not the product itself. There are some other aspects of uh, AI, on, AI on the edge. For example, um, Infineon just recently came out with a, a PSOC that adds machine learning support to its configurable microcontrollers. You know, they're, they have a line of PSOC configurable microcontrollers uh, based on the ARM Cortex M4, M3, and M0 plus cores, and they have configurable digital and analog components. Their new PSOC creator is used to configure the digital and analog blocks in addition to the fixed analog and digital components to handle things like custom serial interfaces or analog 
foot in. So basically, you don't have to actually have artificial intelligence in your devices to leverage artificial intelligence to create better products. Another example can be found when we talk about AI. We talk about software-defined instrumentation. Going back to that uh, aspect with the liquid instruments, when you can convert, when you can combine AI and software-defined instrumentation, you can change how you are doing things. And it will revolutionize the test and measurement industry and several others. It's just test and measurement is one of the areas where very complex commands, very advanced monitoring, digital triggering. There are a lot of things going on in a test environment because when it comes to test, uh, a test device has to be faster than the system it's testing. It has to be deeper than the system it's testing. It's got to be more precise than the system it's testing or it will not be able to properly evaluate that system. So generative AI tools can provide new ways for engineers to analyze large data sets, detect anomalies, and optimize test processes to create the solutions that people are looking for. However, in the case of artificial intelligence, it keeps coming back to being able to understand the tool, deploy it properly, utilize it well, and in a cost-effective manner. And on a more... Uh, Forward-looking and in speculative note, Bill Wong wrote a piece called uh, Dealing with AI Disruption, uh, which is part of our tech exchange on generating AI, where he points out things like image generation, writing. They're all being used right now, but it's taking a while to be adopted in a serious fashion. Um, we do have a number of people in our audience who use it. We recently did a survey in our um, annual salary survey where we asked the audience, and we're still looking at about 10 to 15% adoption within the electronic engineering community. And again, it's more of a case of slow adoption. There's a lot of promise, but the actual physical results are still coming because the systems are still in development. The hardware is still being brought up to speed, and the engineering community is getting a handle on exactly what these tools are capable of and how they can be applied. So when it comes to artificial intelligence in edge computing, in advanced devices, in test and measurement, it's a combination of disruptive new technology being leveraged with older design philosophies and tempered by the actual abilities of the hardware and software being currently generated to perform the tasks at hand. So thanks for taking the time to listen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Electronics, the podcast on the embedded engineering community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any episodes. Check out the next episode in two weeks where our host Alex Paul will bring you the latest news, trends, and personalities from the electronic design community. 